Sarah. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney animated studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, fairy tale friends. We're here for a very special, and, and, and I do mean this very special, mini tale because... It should be a full tale. The whole time. <laughs> spent the whole time talking about how it should be a full tale. Basically, the whole time we were watching this film, and we should introduce it, The Prince of Egypt, uh, I kept asking all these questions, and I was like, oh, man, I want to deep dive into all of these different topics. So I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is, you know, as we were watching it, not only our thoughts about it like we do in a mini tale, but I think also, you know, some of the questions we did have that we found the answers to, and we mm-hmm. talked about how maybe later down the line, we will do a deeper dive into this and do this. I think this one could be a full episode. I don't know where this fits. Yeah. Into our full episode, but it's definitely one that I think deserves a deep dive. Um, yeah, I had not seen it. Now it's we said so. It was I want to know what you. First. Yes, I want to know what you thought well, because I went into this being obsessed with it. First, let me point out well, the reason we're doing this after Brave, and we talked about this on Brave. It's been a week for you guys. It's been weeks for us. Brenda Chapman was one of the. We talked about her in the Brave episode. Was one of the directors on Brave, and she is one of the directors on this movie, along with Steve Hickney and Simon Wells. And in fact, this is the first time a woman has been a director on a major studio animated release. Was Prince oh, of Egypt and her? That's so awesome. That's we talked about that in Brave. I know that's yeah. a while for you. And well, I, I listened to it a couple days ago. Yes. So I, it is kind of fresh in my mind, but mm-hmm. I think that's awesome that she was for this film yes. is the first So female. that's, and I knew how much Tara liked it. And I, it's one of those movies that I just kind of like file away in the back of my head of kind of these, um, DreamWorks like subpar movies, you know, that it is was, not. Subpar. Well, hold on. This is, uh, let me tell my story. <laughs> so this, that's how I put it. And then Tara was like, Oh my God, I loved the the movie i loved you know the the songs are so good and i was like you know again it's like okay so now it's gone from a subpar movie i'll never watch to oh something tara really appreciated growing up okay cool so there's some merit and then i started like noticing other people say the same thing now i i before you came into my life i i never had heard much about this movie i don't remember anything i remember it coming out oh i saw it in the theater went out and bought the cd like yeah. was a super fan of this film when it came out had had no real attachment to this mo- to this movie um I, and and i will say i think there's stuff that's kind of cheesy it's if anything it's 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 interesting that they don't take the typical um animated approach in that there's not like you know like Moses's Ram who talks and goes Moses i think we got to get out of here it and it's like voiced by Danny DeVito yeah, or whatever it feels it feels like they're trying to give a very honest, earnest telling mm-hmm. of the, the book of Exodus. Yes. This, and that's what they say in the beginning. So let me oh, mention yeah, read that. that. Uh, this was, and we should also say, if you're looking to watch it, uh, if you have Peacock Premium, you can stream it. We rented it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And that obviously could change 
when you watch this, but those are the two places I would look for it. But uh, before it comes on, it says, The Prince of Egypt, the motion picture you are about to see is an adaptation of the Exodus story. While artistic and historical license have been taken, we believe that this film is true to the essence, values, and integrity of a story that is a cornerstone of faith for millions of people worldwide. The biblical story of Moses can be found in the book of Exodus. So they do make it a point to mention that at the start and it has I don't want to say a documentary feel but it does feel like you're saying they're trying to capture the essence of this story they're trying to document the story in a truthful way based on the text well you know there's something I want to say that's 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 you know my hat's off to them and that they didn't do the typical Disney you know because this is 98 so this is we're still doing the typical disney like the bad guy has a henchman the you know the stuff we talk about a lot on this podcast because that's the typical disney way of doing things and that they gave you know i want to be real careful when i say the respect this story deserves because i don't mean over a different uh religious interpretation of of historical events or whatever but this is you know i think they do a good i i think this would be very silly if they tried to disneyfy the story i think we talked about like hunchback like hunchback we went man i really wish they would have taken out the gargoyles and i wish they would have done this and made like yeah and made it more serious because the rest of it was in a more serious tone i think yeah i think this this did a better job of that. It's interesting that Katzenberg, this was apparently something he kept pitching at Disney and Michael Eisner said, I don't want to do the Ten Commandments. And then when he went over to DreamWorks, Spielberg was like, let's do the Ten Commandments. And I think it was very brave of them. Brave is maybe the wrong word. I I think to not shy away from the dark that's in this story because there are definitely... Things that could be triggering for folks. It is also based off of a religious text. So that's in there as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that I think a big company, which is probably why Disney didn't move forward with it, Mm -hmm. would be hesitant to do this. But I think they went ahead and they did it. And I think I think it was successful. And I think that, um, you know, this is an interesting, good direction now. Three years later, this is the company that puts out Shrek. So apparently, they decide they're going to go in a very different direction with animation, yeah. and I, I get that. I, you know, I uh, in general, I'm listening to a, a podcast right now. Where they talk about a lot of movies, and every time they get to animated, they talk about how much they dumb they think animated is, and that's just unfortunately how animation has been drilled into a lot of people's heads. So this kind of stuff there's some beautiful animation in this though oh there really is really i will say now i think some of it there's parts of this where i got tired now i now let's go a little bit if you don't mind into our religious backgrounds kind of sort of slash sure i I, mean i'm i watched the 10 commandments a lot you came over we were at my parents house and we tried to watch about 15 minutes of the 10 commandments and you went this is the most boring movie. I was just shocked that like you love that film and or movie or whatever you want to call it. In my also, defense, you were though- watching the part where it's like the 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 Jewish women are proceed are pers- put in a procession in front of Moses so that he may pick his wife. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, I understand you being like, mm-hmm, why are we watching this? Also, yeah, we should just, you know, our bias, our background. Right. Uh, I grew up Catholic, but I will say, I don't remember. I'm not a very good Catholic and don't remember a lot of the Bible stories. And I'm always fascinated because Ryan, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but Ryan grew up Methodist and Ryan very much knows the stories of the Bible. Well, my father was our Sunday school teacher. Yes, but I'm always fascinated because your beliefs have changed, you know, and that's up to you I'm, if you want to talk I'm about that. I'm fairly agnostic. Um, I, you know, for a while I was 
militantly atheist and now i've kind of i find myself talking to someone or something probably more uh, enough that i don't i feel uh I, I don't feel atheist is a good label for me but mm. you know i you know i grew up in a methodist church yeah. at the same time so now we're talking religion but so, now at the same time i have grown up with a lot of these stories i know a lot of them so i always every once in a while say stuff to tara it's like like aaron pops up in this oh Moses ryan is team aaron. Aaron. i have a lot of thoughts ryan about is aaron team aaron uh, in the story of exodus now i don't know how much of this is a bs fact my father gave me but he always we always used to talk in our family that there is apparently historical thought that moses may have had a stutter or something like that and Aaron did a lot of the talking for him or Aaron did a lot like Aaron I think Aaron deserves a little more credit than he receives I think Moses has kind of done this so in this movie I don't think they necessarily put a lot on Aaron they kind of have Aaron play the doubting Hebrew and then the one who believes in him at like a very yes, crucial the, you moment know, like he's he's the most he's the person the last Hebrew that like Moses has to win over mm. and once he does it's like the whole hebrew people believe in him yeah and i like his portrayal in this but at the same time you know i have like if they made a movie called aaron like no one would watch it but me and i would watch it <laughs> and i would enjoy it i like aaron yeah so uh i guess we'll kind of just go through it a little bit as I far mean, as notes and facts well like, what i wanted to say is if you don't know this story i mean we could go over the story but i'm saying if you don't know the story it's time to take a personal look at yourself and your relationship to jesus christ our savior okay. and no, i'm just kidding all right okay uh well, but, I shouldn't say that because this is a very big story for not only yeah. Jewish people, but one of the things we talk about, this is a movie that is, um, Moses is an Islamic prophet as well. Mm -hmm. And this is a movie that is banned in Islamic nations, including Egypt, because the portrayal, you, you're not allowed to do visual portrayals or audio portrayals of the prophets, Muhammad, mm. Moses, things like that. So, but I... So for me to say you should relook at Jesus Christ is again going towards my background and being and a very Christo yeah. centric person. But again, I know there are probably I would love to have if you're a, a a Jewish listener out there and you've watched this or you grew up Islamic and 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 have seen this movie like or know or what you know the story of Exodus or or of, of Moses's journey. I'd love for you to call us seven oh seven yo trpd one. Let us know. Like I I'd love to hear other versions of this yeah, this tale or well. story. Uh, it opens with them building the pyramids, and I, for me, this is my favorite song. As someone who hasn't us. seen it, this is I went okay. I'm I'm, I'm I this, settled like, in in a good this, way. Yeah, this hooks you in, and the mother of Moses, who's voiced is, by Afra Haza. I don't oh know if I pronounced it right, but she is an uh, Israeli singer. Her, she is a powerhouse in this song. It is so good. It is such a strong opening. It's such a strong voice, and I do feel like it. It gets you in it almost immediately because the song is so yes. powerful and emotional and what's going on like she's giving up her child to save him. And so it's like this very emotional pull in a lot of ways. And I just think it was brilliant what uh, they did with the music. I will this say song. this is the first and almost last Jewish person in the movie the only other one being jeff goldblum and that that's is, something is that we will talk about i i here let's go ahead and we'll talk about the cast the cast was very stacked but it is also very white uh which is something that you know do you want me to go through it yeah oh uh, we've got steve martin and martin short as hotep and Huey, who are i'm probably pronouncing that wrong who are like the 
as you put it, and, and as soon as you said this, I believe you, they're very pain and panic. They're, the, yeah, there's one that's tall and skinny and one that's like shorter and round. So they have like, but they're also. And they're also, the priests of the, of the Pharaoh. Yeah, they, they also have a, a banter similar yes. to pain and panic Well, a little that bit. banter was brought from, they actually. From Steve Martin and Martin in, Short they were, together. Steve Martin and Martin Short, and they were recording together in the booth, mm-hmm. which, you know, people didn't really do back then. We've got Helen Mirren as Queen Tuya, who is the, who is uh, Moses's adoptive mother. Patrick Stewart is Pharaoh Seti, who is his adoptive father. Danny Glover in a very short scene as Jethro. And I, I, because he doesn't sing well, Jethro's song. that's the thing is he comes in and he has a few lines and then Jethro sings this very long song kind of telling the story of Moses after he's left Egypt. Through but, Heaven's Eyes, which yes. I also really like that song a lot. But it's too. weird to me that they paid Danny Glover to basically be like, <laughs> I'm Danny Glover. And then another guy do the yes, rest of that character yeah. voices. Um, Jeff Goldblum is Aaron. Sandra Bullock is Miriam, who that is... Uh, Moses's biological brother and sister, Michelle Pfeiffer as Zipporah, who is ends up being uh, Moses's wife. Ralph Fiennes as Ramesses, and Val Kilmer as Moses. Um, points to Ray Fiennes as uh, I think I said Ralph Fiennes earlier. Ray Fiennes for um, one of the few people. I, uh, Ray Fiennes and Michelle Pfeiffer for using their own singing voices. That in was this. Michelle Pfeiffer. She doesn't. She doesn't have a singing voice uh, credited in Wikipedia. I could be wrong, but huh. everybody else has their singing voices. Uh, yeah, most of the actors in this did not sing, except for who you just mentioned. Right. Uh, and so we, I think, all of the voice work was very good in this. I'm not like deterring from all of these people, and they're all people that I'm fans of. Would have been nice to have some more people of color. Yeah, people of color. Period. But also like ethnically. Uh, correct. I don't know, or yeah, more in alignment with representing yes. their their this this story, which I think is very important. Agreed. I mean, a lot more Jewish people would be nice because this is a very important story to I think uh uh, Jew- uh Israeli people, Jewish people, you know, not necessarily Israeli Jewish people, but just Jewish people in in general, right? Yeah. I then wrote here too. I'm super curious. I'm sure there's a making of, which I would like to see. Mm-hmm. I also want to see if there's just a making of of the music itself. Like, I want to, like, I I just, I have so many, like, questions about the music itself, and I want to talk about that. It's Hans Zimmer, right? Hans Zimmer does the uh, score and the music. The I think some of the songs and lyrics are by Stephen Schwartz. And okay. I asked you to write down the stuff he did. Yeah. It was Godspell. So this is Stephen Schwartz who did the... Mm-hmm. So it's Godspell, Pippin, Wicked, Pocahontas, Hunchback, and Enchanted. Yeah, and he did. All, all ones that I absolutely love. Absolutely. So it makes sense. This was... Uh, this I will say this, and you asked this, it did have a... I don't know if it was on Broadway. There's definitely a West End run, but they did have a music, a stage musical of this um, that was kind of, you know, started in, I think the first one was in, they started working on it in 2017, it says, and then eventually they started ramping it up. Uh, let's see, it started in, oh no, debut in February 5th of 2020. Oh, that's why. Yeah, I and then it was it halted existed. on March 17th. Yeah. And then they did a show from July 1st, 2021 to January 8th, 2022. That's so, a you bummer. Know, um, uh, because it has, it has a Broadway feel. The animated yeah. movie has such a powerhouse of songs These, and voices. The songs sound very Broadway. Yeah. Like, and I will say they sound very sim- sim- uh, similar to Hunchback, that kind of mm-hmm. rhythm and feel. Yeah, and there's a choral aspect yes. in it in, in a lot of the songs. The other thing I want to mention is they do sing in Hebrew, and we looked that up um, 
that they sing in Hebrew. And there's a song at the end that I really liked a lot that's in Hebrew. And I looked that up and um, I believe it is. Are you going to attempt so- to? No, no, okay. it is the song of the sea <laughs> mm-hmm. is I think what it is translated to. That's at the end. And it's um, a poem that appears in the book of Exodus. Yeah. So I think it's based off of that at the end. But I did just want to mention that they did incorporate that throughout. There's a couple like. The children, I think when they're first leaving Egypt, I think, sing mm-hmm. um, in Hebrew. And then it comes back at the end. So you do hear little bits and pieces yeah. of some Hebrew in the music. Just just to let everybody, just to kind of give everyone like the, the Exodus story as I understand it. And this is not what's in the book. And this is, I'm sorry, the book. This is not what's in uh, the movie and not what's in Ten Commandments or anything like this. I'll do a real quick run through. Moses' mother places him in a basket. He floats down the Nile. He is found by the queen. She adopts him. He becomes a prince of Egypt. During his time as a prince, he runs into his brother and sister or, you know, sees his family or someone reveals to him, uh, uh, someone, uh, a Hebrew person reveals to him, you are actually a Hebrew born son. He learns the truth from his parents uh, and his brother Ramses. He leaves. He goes to the des- he goes into the desert. He is found by free Hebrews. He marries. He begins a life as a shepherd. He finds he runs into the burning bush, which is God. God tells him you have to go back to Egypt and let the and, and free our people. He goes. His his one time adopted brother Ramses is now the Pharaoh. He Ramses does not want to let the Jewish the the Hebrew slaves go. Moses, you know, performs miracles and eventually turn into plagues turns into the uh final plague which is killing all the firstborn uh sons and daughters i think in the thing it might just be sons but of of egypt you know unless you have put the blood of a lamb on your door in which case this is where we get passover Mm -hmm. the 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 spirit passes over your house leads the the people out parts the red sea pharaoh chases them he drowns pharaoh's people in in the in the red sea and then gets the ten commandments and we'll stop here because there's other stuff that goes on but this is kind of where at least this story stops Mm -hmm. and when we get there i'll kind of go over some other changes that they did in this movie when he puts the uh she puts him in the basket uh and floats him out in the nile i remember going i don't remember why he, he did this like from my viewings of the Ten Commandments. I'm like, why did she? It's just something that I just went. And then she did that. I never thought like, why? Or was she like, I don't yeah. like this kid. And kick. in this <laughs> and in this movie, it's very specific that who becomes his father, the Pharaoh, he finds out when it's revealed to him that he is a Hebrew. He goes and looks at the hieroglyphics and goes back to read the history and finds out that the Hebrews were growing in population and they were going to, they could have overtaken the Egyptians. And so his father, the Pharaoh had a bunch of the young men killed. Yeah. Had a bunch of the young babies, a sweeping order of infanticide. Yeah. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart, I don't think I mentioned that in there. Patrick. Yes, I did. Patrick Stewart, the, the Pharaoh. And so that's kind of, what sends Moses, I mean, the fact that he was lied to all his life, you know, the fact that he's now not seeing them as slaves because that's the one thing the Pharaoh says, well, they were just slaves. 
I and was, this is where, and I think this is the turn where Moses saw them that way too, and then he starts to realize, oh no, they're people, and they're people that need to be spoke like they need to have their voice heard. I think this is in this story. This is when we start to see that change in Moses, and that's when he runs away. I will say they well, do a good job of like he starts. He doesn't. And they approach this later in the movie, but he doesn't start caring about like he starts kind of noticing the plight of the slaves before it before it's like you're one of them. But Aaron does come out and go, oh, you care about us now that you know you're one of us. Like, I like that that they approach it. And and Moses is like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, what kind of turns it for him is he sees the Egyptian, I guess, guards I don't know another term, but the, the people who are in charge of the slaves who are building the slave masters, slave I masters, guess. I guess. Yeah, it's probably a better name for them. But they're they're whipping. Yeah. Uh, the people who are working and Moses sees it. And there's a, an older gentleman who's who's really being hit hard. Yes. And Moses goes in to speak for him and to say, no, like you shouldn't be doing this. And in that commotion, the slave driver is that what we're calling Slave them driver yeah he he, he falls, falls to his death and so if it was anyone else they would be punished and mm-hmm. probably killed for that but mm-hmm. because it's moses you know Ramses is like i'll is, take care of it yeah he's like i you know i am the what is it the evening star and the i don't remember but he's basically got some the sun, he's like i am egypt yeah basically the sun rises and sets by the pharaoh mm-hmm. and there's this phrase he says if I, I want if i wish day to be night it will be written yes so, and this know. is before their father has died that's something we talked about is how they do a really good job of like ramesses by the end is kind of driven but they they, they do a good job of of giving Ramses like in 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 the ten commandments it's yul brenner and yul brenner is just kind of a jerk <laughs> And it's kind of that's about it. And this one, it's like he's, they, his father imparts on him, like you can't be the weak link in this chain that destroys a dynasty. Like there's all this stuff that you kind of understand. You don't necessarily sympathize with Ramses, but like, but you, I think you can see his perspective more. Mm-hmm. But also because they humanize him with the relationship with Moses. Yeah, they definitely humanize a, him. You have this relationship of this brotherly love that it's like. They grew up together. They did everything together. They got in trouble together. They got out of trouble together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they did a good job of establishing that, which then humanizes Ramses. Yeah. Ramses. And you really, you do feel for him, I think, until a certain point. And then you're like, okay, man, like, you really need to, like, cool it. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like it's clear you're not going to win. Let my people go, okay. Hey, man, you really need to cool it is what he should have said. what he should have said. Moses, no. go to Pharaoh and tell him you really need to, to cool, cool it, bro. It, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? He, he gets to the point where once the firstborn has taken effect it takes his yes. firstborn and i think then it becomes this vengeful revenge yes. i think more than anything else at first he thinks it's silly and he thinks it's you know my priest can do the same tricks that moses is showing you know we we see yeah. that at some point in the movie it's it's the descent into madness less than it is like the He's a villain from minute one, and yeah. he's just playing that part. And I, I like that they did that. I liked that yeah. choice. They also choose to not uh, kill him in the end, which is not what happens in the. It almost feels like God spares him, like the way he's thrown out of the river so and no one else is. I don't maybe? know, but yeah. it was just uh, it was an interesting. Thing. I, I wonder if they just got to the end, of like, well, we spent all this time making you understand this guy. We can't kill him now. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
I will say before we go on, one of the things that with this, I kept seeing things where I'm like, well, this is interesting. They're doing this. I'm sure they're going to mess it up. And they didn't. The same thing here. I'm like, ah, they're going to humanize this guy. And then at the last second, he's going to, it's going to be crazy that he's seeking revenge. No, it all made sense. It all worked really well. The other thing was um, when they bring Moses or they bring Ramses, this slave woman. Great. And as a, as a present. And then he, because he's like promoted, essentially, he's yes. given an opportunity to lead to see he's if in he charge can actually of, yeah, do the it. temples. And then this one, he gives, he says, "Oh Moses, you can take her." And I'm like, and they're like, and she's of course like a slave, so she's like, "Let me go," blah blah blah. And it's Zapola, Zapora, Zapora, who will become his his wife. Zipporah. But I was like, oh, this is going to become his wife. So they send her to his room, and I'm like. I really don't want this to be a situation where she's a slave, but then she kind of is cool with being a slave and she gets married. Like I, I thought this happened in Egypt. I couldn't remember the exact, but how the story worked. So I was like, I do not want to see this where it's basically like, she's okay with being a slave because he's nice to her. And he legitimately like she escapes and then he has an opportunity. They do have a comedic moment where he thinks it's her silhouette in the bed and she's tied up everybody so she could escape. So uh, I feel like they they do have some lighthearted moments in a story that is very serious. But my bigger point was it's not let me explain to you why I'm a good guy. I'm I'm a good version of a, a a person who owns slaves yes. and instead it was he let her go like yeah he, he and then had when an he opportunity runs into yeah. her later she's not warm and fuzzy about him for quite a while yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. they kind of established that but we did want to talk a little bit because i felt um she had the spunk and the fieriness of both esmeralda and jasmine yeah. which also kind of portray these women fetishizing there's a little bit of a a fetishization we were saying like sexuality and captivity and yeah there's something there that i think (laughs) neither of us is ready to really talk about but we do want to start this this the subject because we recognized it and they had similar character traits it's not only their backgrounds and 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 where they're supposed to be but also just these these women that are basically presented Right. Yeah. I mean, she's a weird character in general. I mean, you like her because she's Michelle Pfeiffer, but it is like first she's presented. I I will say her middle chunk, I think, is the most interesting to me where she's a free woman and she's making her own decisions. She drops him in the well and stuff like that. But the beginning is she's captured and, you know, again, put in slightly revealing clothing a little like it feels like a weird, like I said, fetishization of captured of of an enslaved person. And then the inch like thinking about it again, she kind of just disappears after they get married and she's like yeah i'll support you she supports him she goes with she's him got, she gets Egypt. a song but yeah but um i i feel like her him and even Miriam doesn't really have much to do in the end other than to go see i was right and i don't even think she goes and see she i was sings right when you but believe they both, yeah they with, both have a song yeah but it's just it's uh, yeah there's a little bit of I mean, this is Moses's story in general, and I think the story in general isn't one that like accounts well for you know female characters. Yeah, but it's something that we recognized and we observed and wanted to put it out there, and we'd love your opinions or if there's people who um, are more educated than us on this Absolutely. subject, we're always welcome. Now to I'm hear sure it. with it. I'm a little nervous about doing the Google search, but I think there, there's got to be a paper written on those type of characters. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, one of the things I really liked as far as the animation goes, there's a couple things, but I loved when Moses is going to the hieroglyphics walls to see oh. 
what happened to yeah, see yeah. the story, you know, cause his sister's like, go ask the man you call father, you know, and, um, why like you were put in a basket essentially. Uh, I love the animation of him putting himself in the hieroglyphics. It's like a dream. That whole scene is right? very And cool. then he goes to the wall. That's yes. what like he goes to the wall to find if his mm. dream was true. Was that accurate. wall is horrifying. Yeah, but it it I really like the way they did that a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. That's a really great sequence. But the other animation is really good, too. I think they do a pretty good job. I will say there's a lot of... I made fun of this, the like, oh, like very dramatic, like running away from you know un, uneasy truths and mm. like putting hands up yeah. and arms and big melodramatic things like that uh, the other animation I think we have to talk about is the parting of the Red Sea that's jumping ahead but I, it's, since we're on you know it, animation and what impressed us in the movie to me it is they capture the feeling of it being a miracle I think I think they really they they did a good job capturing like this feat of you know him not only parting the red sea but it it's beautiful and um not uh mystical but like there's a it's fantastic it's, yeah and, it's and incredible i, don't, like I in just the, yeah i i just think they did such a great job with it yeah. and it just looks really good took 10 animators two years apparently just to do all that sequence oh, wow. i read um, sp- hey, you mentioned this was a great feat. Speaking of great feat, did you notice that after uh, the Lord asked uh, Moses to take his shoes off because this is a holy place, he spent the rest of the movie barefoot? Yes. Because I told you, but yes. I'm trying yes. to do kind of a bit for the, great. the people at home. Can I we know. try that again? Hey, did you notice the thing about the shoes I, I just said? No, I didn't. That's so interesting, You're Ryan. So great. You're so great. Uh, I, love you. <laughs> I do have it in my notes here too to talk <laughs> about it. Uh, also, you know, they uh, God refers to the plagues as the wonders. My I think wonders. That was a that was a spin. <laughs> uh, but it is my wonders. But we we did mention the parting of the Red Sea is, is a wonder, and I I would agree with that. But then I guess it does also kill. Lots yes. of Egyptians. Well, <laughs> I made that joke and you did not like about all the bloop, bloop, oh, like yes. everyone hitting yeah, the no surface. You, no because at the end, all the Hebrews are looking out at the sea like, what a wonder. And then it would have been really like, yeah, <laughs> they would have seen the thousand Egyptian yeah. shoulders, f- shoulder soldiers float to the top. Yeah. I also really liked the score when he comes upon the burning bush. I like mm-hmm. the way the burning bush is animated as well, but I all, because it's similar to when they take the firstborn, it's like this light, like God is represented yes. like a light, like a, but it's a, a flow. It's fluid. It's a light, but it's also kind of like this fluid motion. Uh, but I really do like I, the burning bush scene, but you read something that I found very interesting. Oh, I wanted yeah, you to yeah. share, which is they were trying to decide how God should be voiced. Right. And they kept going back and forth. If we pick like this person or uh, a woman, uh, anything we do specifically will upset some people and, you know, not upset other people. So they, what their original intention was, they're going to get everyone on the cast to read the lines. And they did a lot of them to whisper them. And then they went, well, we're not going to be able to understand what it's saying. And then they said, well, we'll do Val Kilmer. He'll do the regular voice and everybody whispering underneath it because this will be like, it's he's speaking to Moses. So therefore like Moses is hearing Moses's voice. Like Moses is hearing, it's kind of the voice in his head. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was the right choice. I think that it was very, felt, it worked really well. I think yeah, so. Yeah, it felt like 
probably you weren't taken out of it at all because it was this different voice. I, I don't know. Really appealed to Val Kilmer's notable ego. Um, <laughs> oh, I have another fact about Val Kilmer in this movie. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So Val Kilmer played uh, in a in a movie about Exodus and as a Batman, and Christian Bale has also done the same thing. Oh. He was in uh, Exodus: Gods and Kings. So okay, there you just go. Just an interesting little Batman <laughs> Exodus. There you have it. Um, uh, I, the- I I did want to talk about the scene with the 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 uh plague of the uh i think i think it's the angel of death i don't know if it's supposed to be god in the original story i don't know that comes and takes the the life of the firstborn and i this is a weird thing to say i really loved this scene because i think they did it in such a there was a lot of thought i think put into how to do it and i think in the end it was very creative because it, it showed effective it was it it it, it but it wasn't exp- exploitative in my yeah, opinion it was a very dark moment that and, they had to portray and yeah and then the way they showed it of how he actually killed them where it's like he's just taking their breath it's like you hear the it's last a very, breath you, it's yeah. a, it made it seem like haunting but yet like the most peaceful way and peaceful. to take someone yeah i i it's a good because i think in why do I want to keep saying Game of Thrones? The Ten Commandments. <laughs> they go. Well, that's an insight into. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think it's like literally. I remember like the children are dying, Pharaoh, and you hear like, ah, ah, like out in the world. It no, feels a little you. bit like um, the haunted mansion, to be honest. Yeah. Like it's just. It's, I think there yeah. was. I think this was done as thoughtfully as possible, and I do like that they didn't shy away from it because yes. it's also this very defining moment in the story they want to tell with these brothers, which. This is finally why Ramesses says, okay, I'll let your people go is because he's just lost his son. So I think there had to be this tone. And I think if you had gone one way or the other too Mm -hmm. much, I think it wouldn't have worked as well. Right. I think there's a lot of I don't want to say pitfalls, but I think there are a lot of things they could have done to depict this moment that could have really made you uncomfortable. And it. I don't want to say it made me comfortable because I still was like very emotional when mm. the scene was happening, but I think they did it in the best way. Um, if I don't, I don't know if I'm articulating that well. I, I think but. you're nailing. I think they did, they did it really well. Um, I something you said there that I didn't really think of is remembering them as brothers, and I liked all the scenes of them. Like even after, you know, there's two scenes after they've, you know, he's left and come back. Like when they come back and they're hugging and they're so happy and. Moses realizes he has to do something he doesn't want to and he looks so sad he's like you know but they're they just were so happy to see each other and then later when they meet up in their old meeting place where they used to kind of hang and like mm-hmm. and be very honest like with Moses one was like another. yeah we could always be honest here like I, yeah. I love those scenes it's like them Same. having a history I think worked really well yeah uh, another animation that I really liked was when he changes the Nile to blood yeah, that looked like they just, it was real ink and, and water. And water. Like, it, yeah. was, it, it was a cool effect in the way that they did that. Uh, I'm just kind of looking over my notes here. Oh, we were talking about the song When You Believe. In the movie, I love the version in the movie. And I also was obsessed with Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston's version because it was on the radio a lot. And it, of course, was on the CD. You had a fact. Well, I I just read that they in, in an IMDb thing that they did not get along during the recording. It didn't. Dive so I into of course more of would that. love to know the juicy details on that. But I guess it is too D 
divas. I mean, two like women oh, yeah. who have broken many records, who like have really set themselves apart. Who have very specific ways of doing their art, and I think had egos, especially, you know. Yeah, so I could see them bumping heads. I was just like intrigued at that. Uh oh, that other there's another cool uh shot. I mean, I guess it's not a shot because I mean, that it would is. Impl- I guess it is. They right? draw it and yeah. then they shoot and it. And then they shoot it. Okay. <laughs> so another cool shot with parting the Red Sea. That's is- an interesting. Hold on. I want to break that down because that is. Fu- I always think about that. Like I, I'd always describe it that way with animation. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, I don't. They think lay any- everything out in front of you and then they take a picture or they record it via, yeah, you know, computer or whatever. So there are shots, just like anything else. It's just it's. It's, it was funny because I think we talked about this when we were doing stop motion. I was like, well, animation is really stop motion. It's just pictures as opposed to like 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But it's of the whale silhouette. So the oh, lightning yeah, yeah, happens. Yeah. It's it's during the parting of the Red Sea. But that was just another moment that I really loved. Well, not a whale, Tara, because I don't know if you noticed. I know exactly if you noticed. Or I'm just playing it up for the podcast. Yes, of course, of course. Um, the tail is vertical, not horizontal, which means it was probably a whale shark. Or the animator just screwed up. <laughs> um, but those were those were all my notes. I was going to say Tara's notes. putting her notes away, which I, you I'm I'm happy to still talk about it. But those were the things that we were observing during the film. I think after watching this film, I've not watched it since I was a kid. I knew most of the lyrics. I hope I didn't annoy Ryan. I was singing along, but I tried <laughs> not to be loud. Uh, I love you. But I I I came away with more questions, which is almost why I want this to be a full episode down the line. Because yeah, absolutely. I came away with wanting to know so many things about this film that are probably out there, but we just didn't. This was a mini tale, so we didn't do that research we normally do for the well, film. Well, let's. There's a couple things I want to talk about. Sure. And, but I and we'll 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 wrap up here. But you know, uh, number one, I this is just my opinion, and I will see what you think because you haven't seen the Ten Commandments. This story has always been presented to me as the Ten Commandments, and it was kind of like the only version of the story. And up until like honest to God, people about three hours ago, I would say like, yeah, the Ten Commandments is a story of Exodus. Stop watching the Ten Commandments. Stop showing your kids the Ten Commandments at Easter. This is the new thing to show them at Easter. I don't think there's been something since then that's done a better version of the story of Exodus. I think you need to see it first yourself because it is not necessarily the something you can just put in front of your kids. I mean, it's something I saw at... I was middle school, I guess, in 99. Yeah. But, uh, so, yes, yeah, so I was older. Than, but, yeah, I think it's something to just be aware of that there are dark moments. But also, depending on your religious background... Your children may already know this story. And so whereas the story's familiar, it might be a nice way to show them this part of the story. Again, I I will say they're missing the like 50 years in the desert worshiping the golden bull. Blah blah. It ends with Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments. Um, So it's missing that part. But at the same time, I don't think it shies away from the harsh realities of this story. I think it's it's also done in a very nice way. And uh, and this is the last thing I want to I want to touch on, you know. I thought the movie was pretty good. I thought it was a good, you know, it was very beautiful in parts. Like, I would probably watch it again. I don't know if I would. But this is a, a movie that now I will not be surprised to hear the uh, soundtrack floating through our home from now on. Um, it's amazing score. I would watch it again. Really good music. I don't know that necessarily they had a bunch of, it wasn't like in Kanto where I'm going to be like, 
have the songs in oh, my it's head. It's not bops. It's not bops, but, but it's, well, it's, when you believe is a very like emotional. That ballad. first song is is that is, first song is my favorite. So there we go. That's my my. Hands we, down. I don't want to do all our questions, and we're not going to rank a villain here or anything. But I'm going to ask two questions. And number one is, what was your favorite song for Hands me? Hands down, the first that one. first song. I. I always liked it, but if you had asked me before we watched it, I probably would have said "When You Believe" because yeah. I love I love it in the film even more so than That's the Mariah the duet, Carey. Correct. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, a okay. duet, and I love it in the film. Um, That's probably what I would have said. But that woman who sings, his mother, her voice is truly something, and it like. It was just I, yeah. I can't explain it. I like I knew the song. Uh, it's "Deliver Us," and it also the song "Deliver Us." It's a fairly long song because she sings it right. almost as this lullaby, and then it turns into this very much of a production of a song, and then it gets quiet again, and then it comes back almost as this reprise. Uh, and it's so beautifully done. Yeah, same. But then the last question is. Uh I mean, it's not, do you put it in the vault? Because I know the answer to that question. But the question is, I guess it's, do we need a Blu-ray copy of this with the making of? Yes. If there's if there's all <laughs> the extra features, 100%. Right. I would love that. I'll because be on the I, for that. I want to know more about how this film was made. Yeah. So I think that's a, a ringing endorsement, listeners. Uh, Tara loves it. I, I liked it a lot. I definitely think you should check it out for the soundtrack. And I definitely think it's it's a good replacement if you like to watch the Exodus story. Uh, at Easter in some way in yeah. some way like the, if you if you're the one who used to watch the Ten Commandments and you're like God why do we watch this every Easter I, I, I have something new for you that you may enjoy um, check it out so listeners just to give you an idea of our schedule uh, we are coming up on spooky season the next the next week is our week off we like to take the last week in uh, every month off just to you know give us a give us a little bit of time to catch up on some uh, editing and recording then we were supposed to do wreck it ralph but we've had to push that back a week so i think what we're gonna do is do a mini tale for hocus pocus 2 yeah i would love that so we'll do hocus pocus 2 then we'll do wreck it ralph following that we'll do tron legacy as kind of a little video game twofer mm-hmm. and then we, because we love you so much and truly because we love truly because we season, love spooky season we will figure out a, 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 a an extra episode closer to halloween that's a spooky season episode for during our week during off. our week maybe a childhood trauma theater Maybe, uh, maybe, ooh, maybe Mr. Boogity. We'll, we'll think on it. Can we talk about Mr. Boogity? Oh, I know. I'm aware of it. I've never seen ooh, it. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it, it. That was one of those ones I watched once as a kid and it gave me nightmares for a long time. Yeah. And I think I've watched parts of it since then and gone, you are a, you are ridiculous. It just scared you. <laughs> so whatever, whatever that is, we will see you. Surprise. We will see you in two weeks with Hocus Pocus 2. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. 
Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.